Hello and welcome to the Grazia Fashion Podcast, Why I Wear It. I'm Laura Antonia Jordan and I love to talk fashion, but I love talking about feelings even more. So in this podcast, we do just that, exploring the thinking behind why we wear the things we do. This week, I'm speaking to the New York-based designer Batsheva Hay, who founded her brand Batsheva in 2016. Today, I am just one of the many women who is in love with her designs. More notable names include Sarah Jessica Parker, Beanie Feldstein, and Natalie Portman. And the way she puts Victoriana meets Prairie meets 50s housewife references through a deliberately odd, often quite trippy filter attention which I and many others find irresistible. The word modest is often used to describe her work, and yet I don't think it does it justice. Hers are designs made for women who are completely, unapologetically in their own skin. She talks about her former life as a lawyer and how she couldn't wait to get out of those corporate clothes. When I was a lawyer, I hated every minute of being in the office because of what I had to wear. And I just couldn't wait to like change my clothing, to go out to dinner. Her love of all things Laura Ashley. Because I knew exactly what it was. It was a version of this like Laura Ashley dress, but it just had more ruffles, more just exaggerated. And how sexy doesn't necessarily look how you think it might. The male gaze is a little bit foreign to me. I don't get it. And to be honest, sometimes it just seems like this can't be it. Like, this is too simple. Batsheva, hey, welcome to Why I Wear It. Thank you so much. It's a delight to see you again. I was wondering if we could start off and you could tell me a bit about why you're wearing what you're wearing today and where you are, what your thought process was that went in today's outfit. I didn't really like think about being seen today, to be honest, but I'm wearing my friend Susie Condi's sweatsuit. That's just very comfortable because it's very cold in New York. And I'm wearing like a vintage blazer with kind of funny little trim over here. And just, it's just for comfort. And then I put on some earrings, clip-ons and that's it. Zoom essential. And she's got the red lipstick on as well. (laughs) Well, as you can see, you can see, but for the benefit of our listeners. I'm wearing Batsheva today, which this was one of the ones that you made when you had the store on Broadway. How long ago was that now? That was in 2019. I remember that print. I love that print. Yeah, I'm wearing it over some thick wool floral leggings and slippers because it's cold here too. (laughs) I love that. As you know, like I've been a real fan of your clothes for a long time. And one of the things I love about them is I felt there's this real tension to them. There's a subversiveness, but there's also a sweetness. And I feel like the word modest gets used a lot. And yet, in a way, they're sort of not that because they're so unapologetic. They know exactly what they are. The prints, the shapes, the colors are so bold. And I wondered if you would be able to describe in your own words, how you would describe the brand to somebody? Yeah, I mean, I would say that it's very dresses focused. So it's for people who love wearing fun dresses. You know, I think that like fun and adventurousness and playfulness is a big part of the way that I like to dress and the way that I see clothing and the type of clothing that I want to make is I want to make pieces that people feel really excited about that give them like a real boost to wear. And for me, that's usually exaggerating shapes and prints and playing around with combinations of those things. 
obviously there's like all sorts of historical influences just because I've, you know, spent my whole life wearing so much vintage clothing. And that was really my starting place was to make like new versions or, you know, mix together different vintage styles that I liked and pull from all of those references at once. So it's definitely influenced by the past, but I like to kind of give it weird twists and combinations. So, so yeah. I'm intrigued that you say about the boost, you know, and I feel like clothes can really have that effect. I think it's so emotional what we wear in that sense. What would be something that you would turn to now or you can remember recently turning to that's given you that little kick when you needed it? A mood lift. It can be so many things, but I remember one of the things when I started that I really liked was having like a really big shoulder. And at that moment, which was only a few years ago, like a big puff shoulder seemed like it just wasn't really happening. And I would make these dresses and the waist would be tiny and the shoulder would be huge. And it just felt so great. It just really gave me like a confident feeling to have that silhouette walking around like the streets. So that's something that I'm always looking for in dresses or coats. Like it's actually really hard to find a coat with some shape. You sort of touched on it there because basically the brand was really born out of you sort of conjuring up these things that you wanted to wear. And I believe it was an old Laura Ashley dress that you took in and started making these tweaks to. But I'd love you to just explain a bit in your own words about the Batsheva origins story, how the brand came about. I actually now realize I was a lawyer before. I was a lawyer for about five years. And at this point, my brand is about five years old. So I've done fashion for as long as I've done law at this point, which, you know, was just an interesting transition. I never did it on purpose. I always would have thought it was a crazy idea to start a fashion brand. After I quit my job as a lawyer, I was kind of spending a lot of time doing writing, freelance legal work, all sorts of stuff. And I had two kids. And then I, like I said, have always loved clothing, like loved dramatic clothing, loved dressing, known exactly what I wanted. Like I had very strong instincts about that. So I got the feeling that I wanted to make something for myself to wear, like make my own wardrobe. I thought I could make one dress and just make 10 of them wear them every day, like same style. Cause I knew exactly what it was. It was a version of this like Laura Ashley dress, but it just had more ruffles, more just exaggerated. And I love fabrics and collect fabrics always. Just my mother has a collection of fabrics. We just love textiles. So that was just the starting point was making dresses for myself. And then it just became so exciting that within you know, a few months, like my friends had ones that they wanted and then they posted them on Instagram and buyers from Japan saw them. And it just became kind of this like exciting thing, but you know, it, it wasn't overnight. It took a little time for me to even be like, you know, I guess I need a website or my husband is a photographer. So that was also a big part of it was he saw how great it made me feel. And we would like go outside and take pictures of me in the dresses and started an Instagram and that kind of thing. It was really kind of like unintentional, but came from just like being so excited about what I was doing. Well, I think there's an organic feeling to it. It just feels natural. It feels utterly like you, which is why it's resonated as well with so many women. And you've said before that you you feel like women implicitly get 
what you're trying to do. There's a sort of oddity that I like about them that portrays a real confidence, I think. You were being complimented on these dresses that you'd made for yourself, and that's, you know, you just touched on it, how it evolved. Who would you say you dress for? So it's interesting because also, like, I moved from a much more, like, young fashionable part of town, which was just like downtown. And then I moved to the Upper West Side, which is very older, quirkier, kind of like a lot of, you know, cat ladies and stuff like that. That's who I was getting compliments from. I was loving how people were noticing and, you know, making me feel good, but it wasn't people who (laughs) I would have thought I wanted to impress. Like it wasn't feeling like I was, you know, liked by cool people or important people or whatever. It was literally just women on the street who, you know, maybe didn't even have a job or, you know, like we're housewives of some sort or were just older women who like were walking their little dog, you know, just, but I love that it had appeal to just women like that who were, you know, in a different life than me or whatever, just like the the people on the street would actually stop to say, I love your dress. Where can I get that? You know? And then I love that I started to have this little business where they would come because I didn't get an office actually for until a couple years ago. I was just working for my apartment on the Upper West Side. They would like come to my apartment and try on some of my dresses and I'd measure them and say, oh, we need to make it a size bigger. Like it was really this little home business I'd have my pile of fabrics they could pick from and I'd have to see if I had enough yardage to make them a dress. So I think that that was really fun was I wasn't looking for acknowledgement from, you know, people who were like very fashion world at all. I really was just getting appreciation from like regular women. It's really interesting you say that because I live in Hampstead now, which is like a lovely area, but not particularly fashionable area. And I feel liberated in terms of how I dress because it's not that scene here. I've had more compliments in this neighbourhood, again, from the women of a certain age than I would ever get in a club or at fashion week or whatever it is, you know? Some of us are just old souls, I guess. <laughs> exactly. It's not even that. I think that there is like, you know, there's a side of fashion that's like so mean and so judgy. And that's why I wasn't a fashion person. I was like, I'm going to do a job where I use my brain and I can, you know, do my work and whatever. But then I realized I always loved clothing. I just wasn't attracted to people who were like, you know, all about critiquing and making you feel less than and oh that's not the look right now or whatever I just didn't want to hear it but I realized that you know if you just dress freely and you feel good about how you're dressing people people see that you know but I imagine when you were working as a lawyer you couldn't dress freely or did that have an impact on your sense of self or how you felt about your identity, for instance, or was there just these two different bachelors living totally different lives in New York style-wise or otherwise? Yeah. When I was a lawyer, I hated every minute of being in the office because of what I had to wear. And I just couldn't wait to like change my clothing, to go out to dinner like very late at night or to do something on the weekend. I always dressed how I dressed outside of work. But then at work, I had to put on this like uniform 
that I just, I really, really hated. So it made it more radical, I think, that after I chose to leave that, I could dress however I wanted. And I was like, I'm going for it. You know, like I've spent the past five years wearing these awful pencil skirts with these like white blouses that I hate. So I really was like, just going to walk around in some crazy stuff and like love it. It's interesting as well because power dressing isn't really what we think necessarily power dressing is. It's a highly personal thing. So I guess for you, it is in this kind of prettiness on acid kind of <laughs> look, you know, and it's not the boxy suits or the grey or the, you know, it's a real definition that's personal to each of us. You've talked about Laura Ashley already and you've just done a collaboration with them as well, which we love. And Laura Ashley was really part of my childhood as well. Well, my name's Laura. My mum was from Wales, like the brand is. I used to be dressed in it a lot and you could also get like the little fabric swatches and wallpaper samples at the one that was near us. RIP, it's not there anymore. So it was like a real place of like discovering an entry into another world. I just wondered when the earliest that you would remember kind of that way that fashion can afford you or clothes can afford you a gateway into something other that you can feel different or even just an early expression of your own style. I had a lot of that with Laura Ashley as well because my grandmother and my mother loved Laura Ashley and would always get me little Laura Ashley dresses and I had sheets and the whole thing. And there was a store in Manhattan and we lived in Queens. So outside of Manhattan and we'd come into the city and go to the Laura Ashley store and it felt like a real kind of experience. But even before that, I always remember my mother was a real lover of like, she grew up in the sixties and there was a lot of, you know, real antique clothing and she collected a lot of stuff. And I even remember her wedding dress was something that she found in, it was a lace dress that she got in a market in Mexico. And I remember I used to like try it on when I was so little and my arms would like be, you know, the sleeves would be flopping on my arms, but I just dreamed of like wearing it. I really remember playing with like her clothing and textiles. I remember like strips of chiffon, like tying them around. I just loved it always. And then I became like a theater kid. I loved Shakespeare. I would be in all these Shakespeare plays and love the costumes. So I think that I'm also very like introverted, but I loved like the fantasy of clothing always and of costume and of like the past and thinking about like, this was my mother's and what was my mother like? And what was she like doing in this market in Mexico with my dad before they got married? Like, I just, I love all of that. Does your mother wear your designs now? She does. She does. It's so funny, but like my dad buys them for her because she's not very savvy on the internet even. So I'll get orders from my, <laughs> on my website and I'm like, so cute. I'm sure they could get a little discount they at least. <laughs> so cute. They want to like support me and I can, it's so adorable. So yeah. And I've made her oh, custom thing. What have you made her? I've made her using vintage fabrics. I mean, she's like a size larger than size 12, which we up until a couple of years ago, we're just doing up until size 12 because that's what the store's order. So I would have to make her these custom dresses, but now she can buy what's in stock. <laughs> I actually love that you talk about sizes because I feel like there's a real democracy to your designs and actually it goes back to that silhouette again and this dress that I'm wearing today I remember 
this was made at a time in my life when I felt really, to be honest, really unattractive. I was not in a particularly happy place. I was finding myself again and I put on your dresses and they do give me, there's an ease to them that makes me feel, it's almost like an armour that you wouldn't think that that would come in something that, you know, is this pretty as well. But that's what I find dresses and one that is cut like this really do. And your designs now, they go up to... 20 US, which is 24 UK. Yeah. And there's been a broad spectrum of women that have worn them as well. What do you think it is that resonates with them? To go back to that thing, really, about what you're saying about women just have always got it, what you were trying to do. Yeah, I think it's that. I think it's that, you know, again, with fashion, it can be so prescriptive. You have to wear like black this season and da, da, da. And so I think that part of my whole mindset was I dress how I dress. I love it. I want to wear it. And the same thing is with, you know, what your body has to look like and what you have to fit into. And this feeling for those of us who are like, this doesn't make me happy to wear an all black size four thing. I want to be comfortable. I want to be able to like eat and sit and dance and you know, feel like myself. So that also translates to sizing as much as different shapes. And that's why I'm also just continually playing with shapes because I realized so many just learning from all my customers about different ways that they want things to fit on their body. Because for me, part of it was I wanted a high waist because I don't like when the waist is like low on the belly and it's too much in that belly zone. Like I like that part where it's kind of the, you know, low end of your rib cage. But then some women don't. And so I'm just kind of like trying to do all sorts of different options and now more stretchy options too, because like I love the cinch and the stiff puff, but sometimes you want something that like, you know, has more stretch to it. So I'm just kind of constantly learning about different ways that women like to feel through their clothing and how to make a version of what I like, you know sort of that like playful fabric stuff, but for those different types of moods and shapes and all sorts of things. Have you ever felt like that pressure to embrace a trend either with the brand or with yourself? Because it is fun to try different things out. But at the same time, I think that the batch of a look, if you like, is so distinctively what it is. 
Yeah. I mean, at first I exclusively did florals and I was like, all I'm going to do is just printed cotton florals. And now I think I'm selling tons of like metallics. I remember metallic was a trend that I was like, I was reluctant to try because I thought all I want to do is prints, but then it ended up being so successful and I ended up really liking it too. So a lot of things are like that, that I'll try at someone's suggestion. And then we'll see that there is so much appetite for it, or we'll actually start to like it myself more. I mean, both usually. Now I'm doing a lot of fabrics that are even just, you know, silks and neon I tried and got so into, like I'm still so into neon. I love the PVC. Yeah, the PVC also, exactly. Sometimes I'll just try something and, you know, it'll just kind of keep going with it, keep rolling with it. And then I look in my collection, I'm like, we only have three floral prints in this collection, you know, like what happened? (laughs) I love the PVC because it's like mixed messages. This season I did so much black and I was so against dressing black, but for some reason this season I was really feeling black. So you follow your gut. Follow your gut. A lot of those unusual fabrics, like untraditional fabrics, I think are fun because exactly it's like the very conservative silhouette or just not conservative, but old fashioned, you know, silhouette with a super modern fabric. It's like very playful. I'm the queen of mixed messages. So I love the fact that it's like this really like quite naughty, tough fabric. And then it's those pretty silhouettes. And I also really think that what your designs have been part of is moving the dialogue away from this really obvious definition of sexy. But I think your dresses are quite sexy, just a bit complicated as well. Would you agree? I've actually had a good response to them from not just women. (laughs) For sure. No, I think that there is, I mean, It's so funny because now, especially everyone's saying like, everything is so much more sexy now, like this post COVID or not, we're obviously still in COVID, but everyone's saying like, you know, coming out on the other side of COVID is just going to be like sexy, sexy, sexy. So all the buyers are talking about sexy and I'm exactly like that. I'm like, I think that a lot of this is really sexy because of just the playfulness, the like wink, wink of it, that it's very like naughty librarian or whatever, that kind of thing. And there are a lot of minis and I've been trying to also do that like super covered on top and then short on the bottom or just playing with different fabrics that have sheerness to them. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's something I've been talking about a lot in the past few years is that we were so or are so inundated with like over sexualized bodies all the time that sometimes it becomes like kind of cheekier to not show, you know, like if all we're seeing is like Kardashian stuff all over the place, like sometimes it might be something to see a really long kind of thing. It's like if you're reading a book or watching a film and sometimes what you don't see makes as much of an impact. In fact, it can make more of an impact. You don't need it all spelled out. Am I correct in saying you have a husband who's very like style literate? He gets it. Have you ever dressed for like the male gaze in any way, would you say? Yeah, my husband really does like my style, but he's he's not like the typical <laughs> guy, I guess. But he also does give me a lot of 
like information sometimes just about, I mean, he is like an artist as well and, you know, has his whole point of view, but for the male gaze in particular, no, I would say I really, I really do understand the female gaze. I think so. I feel very like comfortable with that. The male gaze is a little bit foreign to me. I don't get it. And to be honest, sometimes it just seems like this can't be it. Like this is too simple. (laughs) This is too, it's too dumb. Like I can't, you know, (laughs) but at the same time, I mean, there are still a lot of men who are attracted to my clothing still. And I hear it from them directly and from women who say like, my husband loves, this is his favorite dress of mine. So I must be understanding it in some way. Just what I've been told that the male gaze is, I can't see that way at all. Yeah, I think we're sort of attuned to think that they're sort of frat boys meet cavemen somewhere in the in between. But actually, there are men that get it as well. And I think it was in an interview you did with The New Yorker where you said about going into a restaurant and everyone was like, where is she going? Right, exactly. So they are out there. Talking of COVID, <laughs> I have COVID. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. Yeah, this is the first time I've got dressed all week properly. And actually, it feels wonderful to put on a dress and a bit of makeup and, you know, to make a bit of an effort and re-engage with the world, even if it's just across a screen as we're doing this right now. When you're not feeling your best, what sort of pieces would you turn to? Are you someone that kind of hides in shapeless stuff and muted colors or do you just go for it and sort of fake it to make it? I think I always wear accessories. If I'm going somewhere, I can't, I'm not going to hide. <laughs> I mean, so if it depends if I'm like, you know, if I have a horrible headache or something, I may not care as much, but I'm still going to like throw on an earring or I always like a belt even if I'm wearing something shapeless, just at least like to show that there is some sort of middle part to me there or a shoe. I like to have like something on that makes me feel like celebratory if I'm going to go out. Otherwise there's no point. Again, some sort of boost, right? Or sometimes it's a red lip. Sometimes it's something like that. But I do tend to get excited to go out and go somewhere and I tend to overdress rather than underdress. Is there such a thing as overdressing? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've shown up in like a gold lemme gown to like a pub, (laughs) you know. (laughs) I think that's the total like post-lockdown mood that we should all be channeling. I think it's fine. Even though, you know, you spoke about your apprehension about going into fashion, but fashion has embraced you whether you like it or not. And you must get invited. Well, I know you do. (laughs) To like the, the biggest events. Can you tell me about the pressure of dressing for those or the perhaps the biggest hit outfit you reckon that you thought I really nailed it for one of those kind of fashiony events? Yeah, I mean, I tend to not feel any pressure in dressing honestly because like I said I overdress I always wear something really bright and big and I don't feel the pressure of rejection at all. You know, the only thing I feel bad about is if I just didn't wear something fun and I was, you know, doing something that was hiding. So like the Met Ball, I guess, was that I just went to is kind of the biggest event I've probably been to. And I was really, you know, happy and really loved it. But part of it was also that I went with Rebecca Hall, who's a friend of mine and is so nice and so like loves my clothing. 
she's always, again, she's another one that I see her name. She places orders without, you know, just on my website, I'll see it. So she was just very fun to dress. And it became kind of this fun thing of, you know, picking something that she would like. And so she loved the PVC. And then we liked the idea of kind of mixing up the PVC with some, you know, recycled silk. So I found all these swatches and we were texting each other because she was upstate and I was in New York. And so it was really like about her. Again, I think that it's, for me, it's really about like what's going to make the wearer feel like they're shining and so happy in what they're wearing. That was the goal. And that's how she felt. And then the dress that I made for myself was like, no one else really wanted to wear that dress, but I loved it because to me, it felt like a little girl dream dress. And so it was great for me. And how did you find that confidence in your style? Because I know you've got a daughter and I always feel this like real maternal feeling towards girls that are I know your daughter's not this old, but in their early teens, which is when I began to feel sort of somehow wrong in how I looked or what I was wearing. How did you find that confidence to be unapologetically Batsheva? Yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't feel it when I was that age. And my daughter is now eight. And even now I can see her being like, when she was littler, we had so much more fun together getting dressed. And it's just, it's something that's happening that she's really pulling back a lot in terms of, and it's normal. And I totally am re-experiencing it myself, seeing how, you know, the kids at school kind of wear this and she wants to wear this. And instead of the crazy, she'll tell me, oh, it's too old fashioned. It's too, you know, so I, I can see all of the pressures and I felt it too. And I, I would have to do a lot of my fun dressing at home. Like it was a very personal, like I said, I was an introvert. I wasn't always out playing with friends. I was often at home writing stories and looking through all these fabrics and clothing. And when I dressed, when I look at old pictures of myself, I really was dressing pretty conventionally until I was in high school. And then I started to really be able to really to kind of dress for myself feel more confident, you know, when I was like 14 or 15. But that time when you're starting to realize the judgment of others, it's hard to work through. It takes some time. Yeah, especially if you're a sensitive, creative, imaginative child, you can very much exist in your own little world. And then suddenly, sooner or later, well, the other, the rest of the world comes in. I just had therapy before this. (laughs) (laughs) See, I should be in New York. (laughs) I absolutely love your clothes I love you it's a thrill to see how people are getting it and it is resonating and I wanted to ask you what we ask everybody which is my final question why do clothes matter one of the things that makes me love them so much is that they don't matter that much because they're fun do you know what I mean they're not serious and so as someone who was a lawyer where I was doing things that were like this company is going to, you know, go bankrupt unless this like that, that felt very important. And the thing about clothing that's so amazing is that it's unimportant in a way, but at the same time, it's so, they matter so much to your identity, you know, and it's, it's a real feeling that I constantly have where I go to my closet and the decisions that I make can make me feel authentic to myself, or I can put something on that doesn't feel right. And it, it's like a real mood twister, you know, it's just, it's really how you 
present yourself and also how you walk around. So, you know, are you wearing the most uncomfortable stuff just to look a certain way and your stiletto heels and this and that, and you're, you know, what are these choices that you're making? I think, like I said, it's not important in any major way, but again, so vital to how you feel about yourself, to who you are, how you show up in the world. And it's so interesting because you make these choices every day and we change these, these choices, you know, like everyone's been through real identity crises, I'm sure in the past two years because of the pandemic and it's caused a crisis in how they dress and how they feel about themselves and and all of these things. Do you think your style changed at all as a result of the last couple of years? Definitely. I mean, I think that it would have happened anyways, just my kind of changing silhouettes a bit more. I was really wearing the same dress for years and I kind of wanted to expand that. But there was my whole thing about house dresses that I started to really because everyone was wearing sweatpants, which I'm actually wearing today, but I rarely like sweatpants. And I started to get into how women would dress at home to be purely at home, like the house dress, which was a very like 1950s American thing that women would. And I actually learned that because my husband's grandma told me that she was born or her mother was living in the time of the Spanish flu of 1918, that that happened because people used to take their outside clothing and like toss it aside and put at home clothing that was uncontaminated from the virus. So they started having home clothing and women developed these really adorable like wrap dresses and house dresses and all this kind of stuff. So I started to really get into this house dress idea, which tends to be kind of older ladies. You think of like, you know, nursing homes. I started dressing in these and creating these house dresses that now I just sell on my website and they're kind of a lower price point and they're somewhere between like a nightgown and something you'd wear to do chores. But I also wear them outside all the time. It's become a real staple of my wardrobe. So that was an interesting like twist because of the pandemic. I think it's endlessly fascinating, the split between how we dress in public and how we dress in private. If in my case for the last week that I didn't get dressed... <laughs> Now my final, final question, because you just made me think of it. You said about how clothes express things about you. They tell the world something about who you are. What do you think they see? I think that they would assume that I am very particular. (laughs) I honestly don't even think about what people think about it. I'm literally just kind of looking for who likes it because... I know that I like it. It comes from a very visceral part of me that this is what I love and what I'm attracted to. So I'm just kind of putting it out in the world and seeing that other people connect to it too. Perhaps when people look at me, they're just like, who is this nutty, eccentric, like New York woman? Or maybe, (laughs) maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) Well, from one nutty, eccentric woman in Northwest London to one in New York. Thank you so much, Batshava. And thank you for sharing your beautiful dresses with the world. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Huge, huge thank you to Batshiva Hay for being my guest today. Follow her on Instagram at Batshiva Dress and check out her designs. I'll race you to those PBC prairie dresses. And thank you for listening. Please rate and review Grazia Fashion, Why I Wear It, wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps people find us. 
I'm Laura Antonia Jordan. See you next time.